Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by Country Music Hall of Famer, member of the Grand Old Opry, Ronnie Millsap. Sean Dillon, how are you, man? It's great to be on with you. Doing great, sir. Let's go beyond the mic. Let's do it. Growing up in North Carolina, your first studied classical music. Who was your favorite composer? But I, when I started school, I started to study classical music, Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, and all that was fine. What other music influenced you and how it shaped your career? Uh, hey, Sean, there was a lot of bluegrass back there. Patsy Cline, Ray Charles, Jim Reeves. All those people. Ronnie, you've learned many instruments. Which one is your favorite? Piano. I learned piano when I was eight, and I can't quit. Well, I remember I learned to play violin when I was seven, and from that instrument, I basically transposed my understanding to the guitar. So I had a Gibson, big Gibson uh, J200 guitar. I used to Back then, uh, Sean, I was playing in church a lot. Instead of going to college, you started a career in music. What did you study during your time at junior college? I was trying, thinking I was going to study pre-law and go to law school. But I had an extraordinary teacher named Zell Miller, who became governor of Georgia. I loved going to his classes. I thought, man, maybe I could teach political science. But, you know... People found out that I played piano and sang a lot. All of a sudden, Sean, I was in a band. What do you remember about that first band? Oh, it was good. The guy who uh, financed the band, we set up in his basement, and I taught him the songs. He said, we want to learn cry. Cry over you. The Royal Royal success. I said, okay, it's in D natural. Like dog. So I talked to the songs that we play every weekend. Remember the band's name? Yeah, it was called The Dimensions. It was good, too, man. It was great. We're joined beyond the mic by a man whose career has six Grammys, eight CMA Awards, and 35 Billboard number ones, which is only behind George Strait, Conway Twitty, and Merle Haggard. Well, I got to do better, Sean. I got to keep, <laughs> keep working on it. Country music legend Ronnie Millsap goes beyond the mic. How does being considered a country music legend make you feel? I, I don't know about that. And, I, and I'm very grateful and thankful for the fans that have really made it happen for me. I know we're sitting down here right now at uh, the venue. We're going to be ready to put on a show tonight, and I think it's going to be real good. Have you ever suffered from stage fright? No, I never did. I tell you, I did suffer from uh, fright about being on television early on. Why? I remember being on the Mike Douglas show, and the fiddle player said, you got the cottonmouth open. I said, I sure do. He said, let me bring you a cup of water. So he brought me a cup of water, and it went away. I think as you start to understand these things more, you're not as fearful of them anymore. Talk to us about how the energy of your audience affects your performance. Oh, I love playing for an audience. I've always loved that. How do you feed off that energy? Well, I'll tell you, one thing that happens, the audience plays a major role in this. I mean, I could be on stage and uh, doing my best to make sure that I had the song all together. 
and that uh, I was really into it and feeling it. But what happens, the audience throws that back to you. The audience can make me sing better that night than I ever thought I could. That's what they do. You talked about that professor who almost turns you into a political scientist. Yeah. But who else has influenced you? Well, Charlie Pratt. We met him in Los Angeles playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go. And he said, Ronnie, you need to move to Nashville. I said, I know, Charlie. And, you know, if I ever get a job in Nashville, I will move. But Charlie was a big help to me, and I got to play his shows. I was managed by the same guy that managed him. And I wound up on RCA just like Charlie Pride did. Talk about your latest album, The Duets, specifically about the recordings with Leon Russell and Troy Gentry. Oh, that that was so good, because my producer and I were talking about what kind of album can we put together. I'd usually come up by now with a greatest hits album, but I haven't been making any hits lately. And he said, well, what would it do? Take some of your favorite songs and let's find some partners and do some duets. I said, well, spend it. And they said, Leon Russell wants to sing with you. I said, hey, I love that. That's the first session that we had. We cut Misery Loves Company, the song that Jerry Reed had written. A lot of people have had hits on this song. That whole thing with Leon, then all of a sudden, there was a group came in called Lucy Angel, and they wanted to sing Happy, Happy Birthday, Baby. So we did that, and all of a sudden, we feel like we're getting something done. Next day, uh, Casey Musgraves came in, and I had her sing, Don't You Ever Get Tired of Hurting Me. She said, Ronnie, who's singing There's No Getting Over Me? I said, nobody right now. She said, let me do it. And if you don't like it, you always take me off. Well, she's on to do it with me, and we certainly would never take her off. I predict that's going to be a big hit record all over again. Yeah, Eddie Montgomery calls the house a lot. He did for years, and I've been close to him, and it just came out. There was a friend of ours that recorded Montgomery Gentry on a song called Shaky Ground, which was originally done by the Temptations at Motown. But they did such a great job on that. I put them on, I sang with them, and that's the last cut of the album. It's good. In your incredible career, is there one special moment that always comes to mind. I think so, Sean. I think so. The night that I won uh, in 1977, I won Entertainer of the Year from the Country Music Association. My wife, Joycey, was with me, and we walked up to the stage together, and I talked about her and how much she had been a big influence in getting me to Nashville, and we decided that I was not an overnight success. It takes a while to make all this happen. And somebody wrote a song about that called Only One Love in My Life. And I recorded that for her. We've been married 53 years this fall. So, Sean, you know when you're hot, you're hot. 53 years. What's the secret to your marriage? Always say, always say yes, honey. (laughs) Time is running out, so it's time for the Rocking Eight. It's the first thing that comes to your mind. No pressure. Favorite childhood meal? Oh, breakfast with my grandmother. Favorite venue to play in? Oh, I've had many of them. It could be this one here tonight. What song do you use to warm up your voice? I don't. 
I don't warm it up. I should. I usually warm up with in a cavern down by canyon excavating for a mine. There lived a miner from North Carolina and his best darling, Chubby Clementine. I would I warm up with that song. And you got a bubble. <laughs> And you got to keep your voice in shape. Last three songs you heard that weren't yours. I've got an Alexa out here, and I always say, Alexa, shuffle songs by Patsy Cline. I still think she had the most amazing career I could ever see. Favorite thing to do in your downtime? I wish I had some more. I like to record. I still like that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, look for hit songs and find a way to get them. Uh, and most people nowadays have a home studio. I remember the story, you know, uh, Sean, Jim Reeves recorded the song called Distant Drums. Cindy Walker wrote that song. She said, Jim Reeves called her. I want you to come up here and have supper with Mary and me tonight. After supper, I'm going to cut this to drums. So what he did, he had an Ampeg tape recorder at his house. And it set up with his guitar and his voice. And Chet Atkins took that tape down to RCA and put it on a multi-track and uh, put a band all around it. And he had a number one record, I don't know, 20 years after he already passed away. That's fascinating stuff. Yes, sir. What one thing would you change if you could? I wouldn't change a single thing about you if I could. The way you are just suits me to a T. I like I like it the way it is, Sean. I just need to, to keep working. I want to keep working as long as I can. I noticed that Wanda Jackson had finally retired at age four, and she was a fantastic entertainer. So it comes and goes. We have our day in the sun, and we do the best with it we can. What are you most thankful for? I'm most, most thankful for my family people and friends around me and, and what do you have to say to your fans they did for me something i probably could uh, i mean i've always loved the music business and the whole thing of recording and search for great songs and all that but the fans put all this together years ago and I must say, the fans of Texas were the first ones to really show me what it was all about. Because I remember going Six Flags over Texas, and I was just, I had my first album out. They just told me how much they loved it. They expected big things out of me. And I said, hey, I'll try to do it. You tell me if something's not right or if you like everything, tell me that too. But the fans have always made it for me, Sean. He's out touring at a city near you, and his latest album, The Duets, is available everywhere. Country music legend Ronnie Millsap, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Sean, it's, it's an honor to be on with you. And uh, if you're at the show tonight, tap me on the shoulder so I can meet you in person. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.